Hey, hello, and welcome everybody out there to the PlayStation Report. I am Frank, and you know, we decided to switch things up today. We're actually recording in person. I'm sitting across the table. Well, I guess next to, technically. Tyler, we just watched some racing. Yeah. It's a good day to be a uh, racing fan. Yes. For sure. Yes. First in-person podcast in months. Long yeah. time. Long time. Definitely months. Uh it's been yeah, it's been it's been a long time. Um but yeah, we got to hang out. We ate some wings. Hung out with your cat. Uh <laughs> <laughs> one of them, yeah. Yes. Um and yeah, watched a good race in which I predicted the winner correctly. Um, you tried. I tried. My guy came in second, so um, yeah, we watched the Indy Five Hundred, and it's always a delight watching that race. Yeah, it's just it is. They they always say it's like it's the greatest race in the world. It's a spectacle, and you know that's a subjective thing, of course, but it really is. Like you, there. It's so good. Like no question, there is always drama every year. There is always something that happens in the last twenty or so laps that kind of changes what you think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, and as long as you kind of position your car right, I mean, you hang. You around. have a you have a shot. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's possible to pass. It's tough, but it's possible. I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's a really great race, and lots of drama at the end of this one, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good old time, good old time. Yeah, great palate cleanser for what was Monaco, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, yeah. okay, admittedly, Monaco this year was more exciting than other years, Yeah, but it was Monaco. Yes, aka no passing. The parade. Yes, basically. Yeah, it was more interesting because of weather, and the weather really threw strategies for a loop, really shook up the field a little bit for a while, but yeah, once once they went on to slick tires, and after that second red flag, it was it was pretty much a procession, as it usually is. No real passing at all, and you know, it, it's exciting to see like the top four running within like four seconds of each other, but it's like, they're just not going to be able to pass each other, so... Yeah, that's kind of a bummer, but Sergio Perez winning. Hopefully it stays that way. I, f- I feel like he, you know, he deserves that, especially after what happened in Spain with Red Bull. Uh, but Charles Leclerc got totally fucking hosed in his home race on his strategy. Ferrari doing Ferrari things. They just keep screwing themselves, I feel. And yeah. It's either signs like racing like a clown, uh, or their strategy just fucking them. Uh, you know, it was a shame what happened to Leclerc in Spain, too, because he was fucking running away with that race. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see where, where that goes. But, yeah, Monaco it was fine. There's been worse Monacos. Yeah, there absolutely <laughs> has been. But, like, I don't think this puts Monaco over any other race on the calendar. No, definitely and not. In a year where they have to renegotiate that contract, uh, you know, I'm personally I won't miss it if it goes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see for sure. I think if it stays, I wonder if its date will stay the same because next year Formula One's trying to cut down on travel. 
and freight costs and all that. So they're going to try to keep things more regionalized and blocked. So maybe like the Middle East races are all all at once, and then uh, the European races, the races in the Americas, and it more uh, the Asian races. Uh, so we'll see, I guess, how that works out. I mean, it's still a lot of travel, but like I think right now they are doing Monaco. Two weeks is they're in Azerbaijan. Then yeah, the following week Canada. they're in Canada. And then the two weeks after that they're in Silverstone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they're uh, just like they're just, they're just all crossing over back and forth across the Atlantic as many times yeah. as possible between yeah. those. And they went from what? Saudi Arabia to Australia to Imola in Italy to Miami <laughs> in the United States back to Spain. You know. So we'll see. So maybe this Memorial Day that's traditionally had Monaco, Indy, the Coke 600, might have something different next year. Who knows? Yeah. If Monaco's still on the calendar, we'll, we'll see. But it's still an interesting season for sure. I mean, I, as much as the team orders sucked for Red Bull in Spain, it at least made the championship battle really interesting. And if Sergio Perez's uh, win holds, then... Still, that that even makes it even more interesting because he's only 15 points behind Max for the championship lead. So, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, it'll. Yeah, it's interesting to see uh, what shakes out because uh, it does look like Red Bull crossed those uh, pit exits. What what do you yeah. have breaking news? Yeah, Sergio Perez keeps Monaco win after FIA denies Ferrari's protest over an alleged pit exit infraction. Hmm. So I assume that also means that Max keeps his third place. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It seemed it pretty was... clear on clear on screen that they absolutely did. Maybe there was some justification for like why they crossed over. Yeah. That might have made the FIA think uh, we're not going to penalize for that. Yeah, and it also was like right at the end of the line too, in tricky conditions. That maybe they're like, eh, it's fine, but still, I mean, it's still breaking the rules. I think it sets a what what it does is it sets a precedent for future incidents yeah. like this. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and they have access to telemetry. They know what the guys were trying to do on the wheel. Right. Like whether they were trying to turn out of that or if they or if they lost grip and it just happened. Right. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh but this is the PlayStation Report, a podcast about video games. Uh so we should probably start talking about those. Um, I don't know about you, man, but like, I video games. It, it's 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 weird to talk about video games, especially when the conversation comes up again, especially after the most recent mass shootings, where fucking idiot congressmen are trying to say video games cause mass shootings, and then when you look at the data, people play video games everywhere. Oh yeah. Mass shootings only happen in America. Yep. Well, not only, but they primarily happen to the extent, statistically, it looks like it only happens in America. Um, there's a pretty clear and obvious reason for that. The ease of access to weapons that can be used in these mass shootings is just... It's kind of ridiculous in America. Like, you... Like, it's... There's, there's no question that it is way too easy to get your hands on a semi-automatic rifle or, like, it's, yeah, it's just way too easy for, for, 
if an 18 year old can go out and buy two assault rifles like what with no background check without any sort of like any sort of like check on like what what they're up to what what their mental state is like it's like there's it's just ridiculous it's way too easy and if even if like you want to be a coward and say hey it's because of uh mental health reasons like this was a mentally health mentally ill shooter like this mentally ill person that that shot up this school texas slashed the budget for mental health care access <laughs> like if you think mental health is the reason why people who have guns shoot people you shouldn't you should probably address that problem like instead of you know cutting back on that yep but even so like maybe 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 it should just be harder to get these guns if not yeah. impossible to get a fucking assault rifle <laughs> i agree with that totally it's another one of those things that just really frustrates me it's like everyone knows what the right answer is you know sure there it's it, it, in what i mean by that is that there just needs to be better gun control and better access to mental health care, all that stuff. Everyone knows that that stuff needs to happen. It's just, let's make it a political problem. Yeah. Go and take my guns away, damn it. Yeah, and then, like, even the people who might want to do something about it are, like, the, the Democrats are just going to use it as a blood, as, as a bludgeon to be like, hey, uh, we're going to... We're going to make this a voting is issue for this fall rather than try to do something right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's frustrating and it's very sad. Yeah. Incredibly sad. But yeah, video games are not the problem. And you see the those headlines making the round again. Yeah. And it's like, dude, evidence is pretty clear at this point. Yeah. That being said... We do, we do have a show to do today, um, so we are going to do that. I do have some video games I've played, and Tyler, I, I'm curious how many video games you have played. A lot of my, actually, all three of my stuff is kind of smaller stuff. So, if you have anything, yeah, I think all I've really played is two things. I think I've played, played more Tunic, but not a ton. I am set up to go after. The game kind of opened up a little bit and says you need these three things. And I assume that leads to the end game. I have one of those, and I'm set up to get the second one. Like, I saved pretty much right at the beginning of the next dungeon area. So, I'm going to go after that here soon. That game continues to be great. Um, played a lot more Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Just trucking along with that. Nothing too exciting there. But, uh, probably halfway, maybe a little over halfway through that game. So, between that and Tunic. Pound some shit out, and actually, the last thing I did play that I started and played maybe an hour and a half of is uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. Um, started playing this the other night. I'm going in a little bit different order. I'm just starting with Episode One, and we'll work my way up to Episode Nine. So you can start any trilogy, but you can't just hop into say like Episode Five or Episode Nine. Mm, okay. Um, so started the Phantom Menace and. I'm pretty, pretty deep into that movie. Uh, however long these levels are going to be, they're pretty short overall, but they're fun. And I think for a Lego game, this game is doing a lot of different things. First of all, visually, it's way more interesting and exciting. Um, 
then uh, just gameplay is just so improved. You can tell they had a lot of ambition with this title, and that's probably why it took so long to get out. And, you know, there's reports of crunch and all that stuff for this game, but, uh, like, combat is way more improved, way more fun. It doesn't make it like a fucking devil may cry or anything like that, but it's definitely way more exciting than previous LEGO games. Um, and then certain segments, like the pod racing stuff, has been really cool. Flying around's been fun. It's uh, just way more engaging, I'd say, overall. And there's just so much shit to get into in these levels that it is completely overwhelming. And a lot of times when you're playing a LEGO game, you want to get all the studs, you want to try to find certain things, but most of the time you can't get all of the secrets until you beat the game and unlock free play and can come back to those levels with characters that have all sorts of different abilities. So I'm trying to kind of train my brain because it's as someone who likes to complete everything or the majority of stuff as you go through, it is incredibly overwhelming. Um, so I'm just trying to like train myself to say, we're just going to pound these levels out and I'll come back to this stuff later if I want to. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, it is Lego still. I mean, it's, if you didn't like the Lego games in the past because of their simplicity or something like that, uh, you probably won't like this one, but maybe there's a better chance because of how much they've improved and just made it more interesting. Um, I'll say the last thing though, this game's funny. I mean, it very much just pokes fun at Star Wars a lot. And, uh, especially prequels so far, you know, prequels are goofy, they're hit and miss in a lot of areas. Um, and you know, they, they just kind of make fun, fun of it a little bit, make things funny and, and joyful. Um, so yeah, enjoying that. Hmm. What you got? Alrighty. Uh, yeah, I've continued playing some more Peglin. They've done some updates to it. Uh, they've added new orbs, new artifacts that uh, allow you to spec in a different way, like t to base your build around refreshing the board. Uh, they've done a lot of that stuff. They've added some new encounters. Um, they've released a roadmap for what they plan on adding before 1.0. Uh, some really exciting stuff, like you're going to have different character classes to start as. Uh, which will have different starting stats. Um, but yeah, I just... Peglin is a very uh, good time-wasting game. Um, I just... Actually, all of these games on my list are time-wasting games, now that I think about it. Um, <laughs> very therapeutic, in a way. Uh, but yeah, it's... I'm having a good time breaking those pegs. Nice. Right on. Uh, another thing I've been playing... Vampire Survivors. Uh, Vampire Survivors, um, you may have heard of it. It kind of broke out uh, earlier this year. Uh, not the vampires. Um, we, we don't have any vampires out there. I hope not. Um, <laughs> There's probably someone that thinks they're a vampire. Uh, most certainly. Yeah. Um, they're probably in high school. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Vampire Survivors is a game where your control is just to move your character around and let the pickups and uh, different upgrades that you get along the way fire off on their own. Oh, um, So, yeah, you'll have a set, like, you'll, you'll have a starting weapon and you'll end up picking up other weapons as you level up. 
um, throughout the runs. This is a run-based game, if I didn't mention it. Um, so you pick up your wep weapons as they go, and they're, they're basically on a cooldown, and they'll fire off when their cooldown completes uh, automatically. Um, you get upgrades, you get passive weapons, and sometimes your passive weapons and your, your, your passive items and your weapons combine to evolve into an evolved version of your weapon, um, which can be used to devastating effect. Uh, the runs are only up to about 30 minutes. Uh, at the 30 minute mark, the Grim Reaper comes and kills you, but you get to keep all your gold and spend that on upgrades between games, uh, such as like a Rogue Legacy or a Dead Cells in a way like that. Um, and yeah, it, I'm having a, having a good time with it. Ooh. Is it engaging, not like basically just moving? Like, are you still like having a good time engaged with it? Basically? Yeah, um, it's, yeah, I mean, I am definitely focused on it. Uh, I definitely lose a lot of time to it. Uh, I'm just... The movement, like trying, th like th you're thinking about your build, you're moving around, um, you're trying to pick up all the XP that drops from the enemies you're defeating, um, trying to spot the elite enemies on the board and try to kill them to get a chest that might, that that'll open up and get you an upgrade for something that you have. Um, yeah, it's it, like I'll, some part of it is kind of a movement puzzle, trying to identify, hey, I have these weapons and they'll be able to clear a path in this way. So this is how I should move to make that path work for me. Um, but yeah. Gotcha. Nice. Um, the last thing I have on the list is the full release now of uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, I talked a little bit about this last year when it uh, came out in early access. Um, Gameplay-wise, it is still very much the same. Uh, you're going into the shipyard... Um, you're finding these cut points. Uh, you're basically solving puzzles like there are going to be different hazards with each ship. Uh, there's going to be fire hazards. There's going to be electrical hazards. There's going to be pressurization um, that you have to like solve for. Um, but what with this release, they have added a story mode. Um, the world of Hard Space Shipbreaker is pretty fucked up. <laughs> Um, so basically you sign a contract with this Lynx Corporation and, um, you basically sell away the rights to your genetics, um, and they make, they, they extract your DNA, it kills you, and they create a clone of you oh, to work. Shit. And th this whole process, this onboarding process to working for the company, puts you in $1.4 billion of debt oh. that you have to work off. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, wow. And then there is an undercurrent story of uh, a unionization effort to be like, hey, what they did to us is fucked up. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> uh, we should get together and try to do something about that. Um, the company obviously has strict anti-union rules. Um, there's this whole story about an administrator coming to your shipyard to figure out what what the heck is going on because they kind of got tipped off that someone might be trying to start a union. There are other ship workers that you're that uh, you're talking to about this. Um, yeah, really cool game. Oh, yeah, like a, a really fun premise, just gameplay wise, like pulling apart these ships and solving these puzzles. There's this one kind of ship that I recently got to that was like, 
oh, you're going to have to extract the thruster from, from, this, from this side pod here. There's no other way to get into it. So what you're going to have to do is cut through the fuel pipes, pull out the thruster, and try to get to the fuel shutoff before the fire spreads down all the way to the fuel tanks. Oh, oh boy. Um, nice. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. Nice. And the con- the consequences for, you know, allowing an explosion to happen, like, you're pretty gun- much going to lose all the scrap in that region of the ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm ha- I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm curious to see where this story goes um, because it d- it does seem like they have something to say about uh, workers' rights in here. Because uh, yeah, the whole setup for for this, yeah, like the opening sequence, you hear you hear you choose a voice for your character, and what you hear from the voice of your character is them screaming in agony as you as they extract your DNA. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um. Just a, just a great, just a really upbeat game yeah, to play. <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into Citizen Sleeper and Elden Ring this week, though. So cool. I'll have more to talk about that uh, on a later episode. But first, let's get into the video games you mentioned. You played some Star Wars Jedi, or not Star Wars. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Um, Star Wars Celebration has, ha- is ha- has happened this, this weekend. Yep. Um, and with it, they've revealed what has long been rumored, uh, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, they showed off a trailer featuring our boy Cal Kestis, who I think might be one of the most boring characters in Star Wars. Um <laughs> And they said this game's coming out in 2023. Yeah. Uh, next, or new gen consoles only, too. Right. Only on PS5, Xbox, Series X, and PC, which is really, really awesome. Um, and yeah, it, it seems like uh, Cal in this trailer is all alone. So that's kind of interesting. Um based off of where the first game left off. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed that first game. The, the trailer didn't really show too much else off, really. It was just a teaser, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it because that first game was, was very cool. I thought the story was great. Combat was fun. It, it was kind of a Star Wars game that you've just been looking forward to. Uh, and really thinking that we should get and respawn really delivered. Uh, the force powers were great, and it was an awesome game. So I'm really curious on where they'll go with the story, how they'll build on the gameplay, and look forward to it. Two people have been pointing out that the timeline of this game might converge with the timeline of the Obi Wan show. That just started airing on yes. Disney Plus, so maybe there will be some cool crossover there. I think this is a really cool time period in Star Wars between the prequels and the the original trilogy. I just think it's a really cool time and yeah, lots of cool stories they could tell. So yeah, everyone's just hiding from Vader. Yep, yep, yep. Cal included. So. 
yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Kind of no surprise that got announced, but I'm happy it's finally, finally confirmed. And man, I was really hoping they would get it out this year. There were some rumors with that, but you know, 2023 makes sense. 2023 could be a completely bonkers year. It could be, but you know, we'll just because something's announced for 2023 doesn't mean yeah. it actually come in 2023. Exactly. That's if everything hits. So yeah. this year is still looking a little dry. but Yeah, maybe we'll learn more about this year in Sony's State of Play, which they have scheduled, I believe, right now. Yep. Right? When, when is June this? 2nd. June. So they are doing a June show. Yeah. They are Technically. showing something in June. Something. PlayStation 5 and VR. Are they officially calling it VR 2? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it's it'll be about 30 minutes long. Now they're calling this a state of play, not a PlayStation showcase. Mm. Which the PlayStation showcase is what they called that the show last year and the year before where they have revealed all the really big shit. So is there a chance that we could get some really big stuff here or, or one or two big things? Yeah. I think there is a solid chance. I'm just going to go out there and say we get something for God of War Ragnarok. Mm. Uh, that game just got raided in South Korea, which usually when things get raided, what did it get raided? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, you know, usually that means the games are coming out relatively soon, like within the year, probably. Yeah. So. That makes me believe God of War Ragnarok is still going to come out this year. So, you know, maybe maybe they don't show off much, but maybe they show off a little bit. Maybe they give a window or, or an actual date and say we're doing a God of War Ragnarok state of play in the future here. Who knows? But no, yeah, I guarantee they'll show off whatever that Horizon VR thing is yeah. that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's what's kind of interesting about this, too, is, is showing games for PlayStation VR 2, which... We haven't really seen many of, and it's a little hard to really show that stuff off without putting an actual headset on, but at least they'll, they're finally kind of starting to acknowledge it, mm. which makes me wonder about PlayStation VR 2 and its release date. You know, is that coming out this year? And, I mean, if it is, I would imagine they would want to be uh, showing that thing off soon, getting pre-orders going and all that stuff, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to keep my expectations in, in line, but I just think with the timing of it and not knowing a lot, really, that's coming out the rest of the year, there's potential that it could uh, could have a few nice things in it. Yeah. Sony planning on making money another way as well. Another one of the avenues that they've opened up recently is releasing their games on PC, and it seems like Returnal might be the latest to be coming to PC. Uh, based on a uh, Steam DB listing, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, makes sense. They they said they're going to do it. Yeah, they might as well do it. It seems like the timing might be about a year, maybe um, at least, for these games then to come to PC. I also feel like this game is a game that just makes sense on PC. I'm sure, you know, probably feels very good to play on PC. Yeah, I mean, it already feels good on PS5, but. Totally makes sense to get this game on PC and um, to Sony looking to make a lot of money on PC over the next 
year. Yeah. Next fiscal year, yeah. $300 million. Yeah, which I would suspect means that, uh, hey, it's not just going to be returnal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they have plans to put some more stuff on PC. Right. Yeah, They so there's a ton of Sony stuff that we're going to be talking about here because they had like a, you know, a, a shareholder meeting or whatever. And so a bunch of like very businessy stuff came out and Returnal has leaked here. But in this uh, investors call, Sony revealed that Horizon, Days Gone, and God of War, they've made about $80 million off of just putting them on PC. So... If you have those three games making eighty million dollars, and you want to make three hundred million, that's a lot. So yeah, it's definitely more than just Returnal. Uh, Uncharted is the only other one I think's announced for PC. Uh, the Uncharted uh, Legacy of Thieves collection, which I'm kind of surprised isn't on PC yet, considering that that game came to PS5 in January. But um, so th- th- we got those two. They're going to make a load of money off of Destiny 2. Destiny 2's not included in this. Really? They said, which is pretty fascinating. Huh. Uh, so this does not include Destiny 2 at all. Um, this does factor in, they said, I think two or three live service games. Uh, so I think Ghost of Tsushima is a no-brainer. Like, that's going to be on PC, I think. The other one I'm wondering... I think it makes a lot of sense to it. Grand Turismo 7. Okay, all right. If you were going to say Bloodborne, I would have called you a fool because it's, well, that, that ship has <laughs> sailed. Yeah. That should have been on PC years ago. But <laughs> I think Grand Turismo 7 has a fan base on PC potentially. And yeah, absolutely. kind of live service-y. Um, there's elements to it. Um, and that would just really expand the, the player base for that. Um I think it makes a lot of sense to get that on PC. And I think what they're what they're seeing is that putting their games on PC after the fact is not hurting their console sales at all. Like they're still going to launch games just on PlayStation 5, but there's a boatload of money to make on PC because there's people that just won't move over there over to console. Yeah. And I would imagine too that there's going to be a lot of their you know, they want to launch like 10 live service games over the next, what, four years, three years. Um, I imagine a decent number of them will probably launch day and date on PC. I think they'd be foolish not to. There's probably a large, large uh, bucket of money there for them on PC. And, you know, that just expands the player base for live service games, which you really need. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Also, part of Sony's strategy here um, is investing in new IP. They say by the end of 2025's fiscal year, 50% of their investment will go to brand new IPs. And I think, Tyler, it's worth asking, who needs to make which, which studios need to make a new IP to, to stay relevant? Oh, man. Um, well, uh, Sony Ben's definitely making a new IP. You know, they didn't get the sequel to Days Gone uh, greenlit. Mm. So that's one of them. Um, I think Gorilla's just going to go straight into a Horizon sequel. But years ago, they did hire, like, the director of Rainbow Six Siege. 
but yet nothing's really come of it. So I wonder if they're working on a shooter. Uh, maybe it's Killzone, but maybe it's something new. I would love to see a new IP from Gorilla come out that's a shooter, maybe. That's not Killzone. Um, trying to think what else would be. Naughty Dog has to do something. Yeah, Naughty that's Dog actually has a good point. Like, if they dip back in the well, like, they're already doing too much of dipping back in the well. They're, like, doing that. Yeah. Uh, they're doing that. Are they doing, personally, the remake? I think they took it over, yeah. The Last of Us? Like, yep. why yep. is that, A, why is that happening? Like, you don't need to remake The Last of Us. Right. Um, oh, I, I agree with you. I'll play it, but they don't need to do it. <laughs> like, they've been, like, re-releasing the fucking Uncharted games like crazy. Um, like, they they need... <laughs> yeah. They, they, they need to do something new. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I think they should do something new. I... I wouldn't mind them dipping back into The Last of Us well for a part three, but not with their next title. Like, let's move away from that. Let's get something new out there from the from that team. Honestly, Naughty Dog's probably the biggest one, I think, in terms of making a new IP in the first party stable. Um, what, Haven that they bought, they're making a new IP for sure. I think Fire Sprite's working on one, but they're also rumored to do Twisted Metal. Um, Sucker Punch is probably going to do a, a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima. I think it's important that Sony just diversifies a little bit in terms of here's a new IP and then here's sequels that make sense. Yeah. Um, a sequel to Ghost of Tsushima, I think, makes sense. I think that's a cool IP to explore more of. Um, why not? Right now, a sequel to The Last of Us Part 2 doesn't make sense, I think. Like, let's have Naughty Dog do something new. It's been a long time. Since 2007. Well, I guess first Last of Us, technically. 2013, yeah. since they've really done anything new, but... Yeah. They... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just thought it was interesting to think about, like, what the first studio, first party studios have and what they'll, what they'll expand upon. I'm curious, like, what does Insomniac do? Because they they are working on Spider Man stuff, they and do Wolverine. have Ratchet and Clank, but like, yeah, they're gonna do that Wolverine game too. Yeah, the Wolverine. So, yeah, yeah. I wonder now they're not totally falling under the PlayStation Studios banner, so maybe it doesn't really count. But Budgie's supposedly working on a new IP. Yeah. So maybe that's another one. I also would wonder if if any potential acquisitions that Sony is thinking of factors into this at all like are they going to make acquisitions that would help balance that stuff out because the teams that they're looking to acquire are working on new IP yeah maybe I don't know yeah it's possible yeah Let's see what do we have here okay and I guess it's uh it's fair to say that these new IP they'll be investing in probably won't come out on PlayStation 4 right um Sony expects to be done making PS4 games by 2025. Uh, at that point, the PlayStation 5 or, uh, will be, what, six years old? Yeah, uh, yeah, five. Five? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And the PS4 will be over a decade old, so... Yeah. I, I think that's a stretch 
2025. I wonder if they're talking about some of those lingering sports titles that you typically come out on consoles forever. I just cannot see Sony making PS4 exclusive games in like 2023. I will be completely shocked if Spider-Man 2, for example, is on PS4. I know they launched Miles Morales on there and, and the original Spider-Man, obviously, but man, just gotta move on at some point. So 2025's a long ways away, but maybe they have some plans there. I, I just wonder how many titles that is. And yeah, then by then they're expecting that PC should be around 30% of the revenues and mobile is 20 Mm. That's pretty gnarly. Okay. Which their investment in PC gaming will just keep on growing. Yeah, maybe uh, all the PlayStation classics we don't get, the PlayStation Plus, they'll release as individual games you can buy on mobile. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, their uh, assumption that they'll be out of... Uh, PlayStation 4, making PlayStation 4 games might be supported by uh, their belief that PlayStation 5 shortages will uh, stabilize and overtake PlayStation 4 sales by 2024. Um, I believe this is in contradiction to what some Intel uh, executives have been saying about the chip shortage, but you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll happen. Maybe you'll finally be able to buy a PlayStation 5. Maybe you'll see one on the shelf somewhere. Right. Yeah, and I think what's important, because right now PS5 is lagging behind PS4, whereas in the first year PS5 outsold PS4, which was pretty staggering considering their supply restraints, the pandemic, all that stuff. So... What I think is just important is that they just try to do what they can to maintain this momentum that the PS5 has right now because they could easily lose it by uh, just by the supply shortages um, and then also just not having a banger software lineup at holiday times, things like that. So it, I think that's that's just a critical piece. I mean supply stuff will hopefully start to work itself out here in another year or so. Um, and I think it's already like starting to kind of get better with certain things. Um, like the Xbox has been way more available. Um, but you know, that's just one piece of the puzzle. It still yeah. isn't totally where it should be. You know, everything's all fucked up. Uh, which makes me wonder how many PlayStation VR 2s will be available at launch. Yeah. Um, they Definitely. say they're going to launch with uh, over 20 games available for the VR 2. Um, we still not, don't have a launch date for the VR 2. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just curious if I'll be able to buy one if I want to. <laughs> right. Yeah, and hopefully uh, scalpers don't get in on this shit. I feel like they probably that's will. A, that is that would be some weird ass shit to get into is this fucking VR helmet that only like maybe a handful of people out there want. Right. Yeah. Wow. I think it's yeah, it's gonna be really interesting when Sony starts talking more about PSVR two, which I don't think we'll get details of launch or price or anything like that in this state of play coming up, but 
you know, they, they're, they're going to have to talk about it soon. I'm really curious when it's going to come out, uh, just with all these supply shortages and everything. And, you know, I'm also just curious as how invested Sony really is in this thing too. Of having a horizon game is a big deal. I think for PlayStation VR too, it does say a lot about Sony's commitment to it, putting a team on that with using one of their biggest IPs, but they also did that with the beginning of the Vita with uncharted and resistance and all those games. So it's like, We'll see. We'll see. For sure. On that. But 20 games at launch, you know, as long as they're solid games, yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Also, yeah. Have they said it? They've said PSVR is backwards compatible, right? PSVR 2 could play PSVR games. God, if it's not, that's a fucking disaster. Yeah, that's a huge mistake if it's not. I want to say they did, but. So if you have, if if that is backwards compatible, and then you have, you know, twenty games that are bangers, hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a solid launch. Tyler, you finally done it. You finally added a TV story that I might be interested in. Yeah. And you probably know exactly which one it is that I'm interested in. I am. But Sony has, from this tweet, Sony has officially announced new PlayStation production series in development. These are TV shows, presumably. Yep. Um, Horizon is coming to Netflix. God of War coming to Amazon. But Tyler, Gran Turismo. No service announced. We're going to get a Gran Turismo anime on Crunchyroll, baby. (laughs) We're either going to get that or we're going to get some really, like, snobby car show mm-hmm. with, with like, car enthusiast hosts just talking about the history of cars and motorsport. Yeah. <laughs> or do you think we'll get some, like, top, something like Top Gear? They won't get as goofy as Top Gear. Yeah. They respect cars too much. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I would wonder, really, too, how much Polyphony is going to be involved with this show at all. Like, do they want it to be that classy respectful look at cars like Gran Turismo is in racing. I don't know, man. Um, when I saw this news, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> Gran okay. Turismo out of all the IP. I don't know. Tyler, I know what this is. This is an anime. Shut your ears because you just don't know what these terms mean. It's an isekai where the main character is trapped in Gran Turismo the video game and is racing for the Gran Turismo World Championship. <laughs> I have no idea what an isekai is. So an isekai <laughs> is a genre of anime where you, you get trapped okay. in a virtual world. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. I, I don't think that really fits what Gran Turismo goes for, but I'm not saying it couldn't be cool. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Horizon, I think, here's my thing with Horizon and God of War. It's also kind of my thing with The Last of Us. And probably the um, Sony has so much going on with this stuff now because there's rumored to be a Ghost of Tsushima movie. They pretty much announced that too. Do not retell the story of the games. I know they're doing that with The Last of Us. And I think that's 
See, that's we'll, we'll see. We'll Turismo. see. They can't do that with Gran I know, Turismo, which I think is one thing that makes Gran Turismo like really interesting on this list of like why. But I'm all for like a Horizon TV show, but tell a different story. That world's so interesting. It's do a huge. prequel. Yeah, do a prequel. I think that would actually be really fucking smart to do. Um, my worry too with Horizon and God of War is it requires so much budget. And also, Kratos is fucking huge. Who are you going to get to play Kratos? You know what I mean? Like, Jason Momoa? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to think of, like, really huge dudes. Dave Bautista? I have no idea. But he's just, he's a massive guy. And it's also like, let's just not retell the story of the games. Let's do something different there. Um I'm also worried because Amazon is really hit or miss with production. Mm. Amazon has a shitload of cash, but some of their shows look super cheap, super cheesy. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of worried about this Lord of the Rings show that's coming out later this year. Of like, eh, there's some things about that that mm-hmm. just don't look as like it should, man. Um, and Netflix is hit or miss too. HBO's the one I would trust the most. Um, it's really interesting how Sony's really spreading the love. Like, they're working with Netflix for Horizon, God of War with Amazon, uh, Last of Us with HBO, Twisted Metal's going to Peacock, um, Ghost of Tsushima, I assume that'll be in movie theaters. Uh, what are they maybe. putting on Paramount Plus? <laughs> maybe maybe that's where Gran Turismo goes. I have Please no idea. No. I don't want to pay for Paramount Plus. How about some stars? Get some stars, you know? Put it on Tubi. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. It's There's potential in these things, but I'm also just not really excited about them. I'm probably the most excited about Grand Turismo. Okay. So. All righty. Let's uh, get back to the bummer news. Uh, <laughs> things that uh, Things that suck. Uh, layoffs, and it turns out there are going to be layoffs at Hangar 13. Developers of Mafia 3, I don't know what Hangar 13's up to right now. They are rumored to be making a prequel to the first Mafia. Oh. Uh, they were making a live service superhero title that Take-Two and them spent $53 million on and then canceled it. Um... So, yeah, and then they did the remake of the first Mafia and did that whole collection, but that's about it. So they haven't launched a brand new title, really, since Mafia 3, whenever that was, 2015 or 16. Um, So they've kind of just been, I don't know, straight drifting around a little bit. I imagine when you spend $53 million and don't really recoup any of that cost that is potentially what unfortunately leads to some of these layoffs. So about 50 developers are going to be laid off. They had 87 employees, so now they might down to be down to around 37 employees. That is huge. That is for like a, almost shutting the studio. For a triple A team, that is huge. That is fucking crazy. And you know what's sad, too? If they're truly doing a Mafia prequel a few years down the line, that game's getting towards the... The uh, the end zone. 
you know they're going to just ramp things up and like hire hire people or hire yeah. contractors and it's just unfortunately how this industry goes it's just like they're going to lay all these people off and then just hire a bunch of fucking people down the road uh it's unfortunate but i think it's just some decis- bad decision making i think that's probably led them here that's a lot of fucking money, $53 million. It is, but, you know, when you consider that 2K also has sure. all of what they have. that uh, <laughs> Yeah, their sports titles, GTA, yeah. <laughs> Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's nothing to them yeah. overall. All righty. It's time to dip back into uh, Activision Blizzard and, you know the Raven Software employees. Um, they finally did their uni- unionization vote, and uh, the vote succeeded overwhelmingly. I want to say, uh, okay, out of 22 ballots, 19 yes, 3 no. Uh, so this is the very first step. Um, the next step for them will, will be uh, negotiating a contract with Activision Blizzard. Um, and that contract had better, uh, have some clause in it (laughs) to say that the union will continue to exist and have their contract when, uh, Microsoft comes in, because that is a, that is a huge question mark over this whole, whole thing. Phil Spencer said publicly that he'd recognize a union, but it really depends on what's in that contract. Um, and I, you, you would better believe that Microsoft will be pushing, uh, a little bit for for uh, Activision Blizzard to be a little bit strict on that because as much as Phil Spencer says these things, Microsoft does not want to be buying a unionized uh, shop um, because that's just not that's just not how uh, Microsoft operates. They don't they typically don't recognize they Microsoft is guilty of uh, not having a workers unions be able to to uh take take foot in their studios like by all accounts like Microsoft is a good place to work and maybe the workers don't think they need a union but you know it's uh it's very tricky because that can change quickly um yeah and the union can provide a little bit of stability there um but yeah we'll see where this uh where this goes uh this is a promising first step. We'll see. We'll see how long these negotiations take because it could take a long time. And you know, it, by the time the negotiations go through, Microsoft might have already come in. Yeah, it all depends. Um, I I hope this all works out for these employees. I find the statement that Activision Blizzard put out to be re- really interesting. They said to Game Informer, "Quote." We respect and believe in the right of all employees to decide whether or not to support a vote for union. We believe that an important decision that will impact the entire Raven Raven Software Studio of roughly 350 people should not be made by 19 Raven employees. That's Activision, you know, saying how they certainly feel about that, you know, without outright saying it, if you ask me. So I, I hope this all works out for them. Certainly, and hopefully it also works out for them uh, when Microsoft eventually takes over. Because 
No major corporation wants their employees to unionize. Yeah, because, <laughs> hey, it turns out the corporation wants the monopoly on power when it comes to negotiating contracts with their employees. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they also kind of talked about this, you know, weeks ago when it happened, but they, these employees are not getting all of those pay raises and all that stuff that... Yes. The other employees got due to yes. legal obligations with the NLRB. So yeah, uh, so Activision Blizzard wants the entirety of the Raven Software Studio to vote, uh, not just you know the QA workers who didn't get the raise, but all the people who, the other people who got the raise. They want them to vote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a very scummy move, if you even think about it for a second. All righty. You might be wondering uh, why mm, Xbox is not making Marvel games, despite the opportunity. They, they've declined to make Marvel games, uh, which, you know, Sony obviously is. They're making a Wolverine game. They've made Spider-Man games. Um, I Let's see. What, what was his response here? Yeah, why so, did not? <laughs> so this is coming from... The book that just came out recently, yeah. The Ultimate History of Video Games, Volume 2, which talks about this. And basically, Marvel was not happy with Activision, as a lot of people are. Uh, and they weren't happy because Activision, for a long time, had the rights to the Spider-Man games and was making a bunch of them. They were very hit or miss. And Marvel said, fuck you, we're going to go do something else with this IP. Activision literally said to them, good luck finding your unicorn. Mm. And then Marvel went to both Xbox and PlayStation. Um, and basically, they sat down with Adam Boys and John Drake, who were both no longer with the company. Uh, and they sat down with them in uh, Insomniac Studios in August 2014. So Sony did not own... Insomniac then and right. still said we have this team for this for this game and uh, yeah basically Marvel wanted to to be the studio that or be the the brand that had the best superhero game yeah and compete with uh, Batman Arkham Asylum and stuff so that's kind of how that went so at the time Microsoft said that they wanted to focus on their own IP, which 2014 was kind of a bad year for Microsoft. At this point, they came, you know, they're still in the midst of a bad launch of the Xbox One. They shut a bunch of studios down, like Lionhead, um, canceled a bunch of games, and they really needed to, you know, rewrite the ship. Uh, I think at that time too, they only had six first-party studios all of which were tied up in their own IP, like Forza Gears Halo. So, unless they went to a third-party developer, who knows, maybe Microsoft could have went straight to Insomniac. Mm. You know, because yeah. Insomniac at that time was free, they made Sunset Overdrive together. It's all possible that it could have went Xbox's way, but I just don't think at the time they were very set up for it at all. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but I think in hindsight, they're probably kicking themselves. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think, I think if that conversation happened now, it'd be a different conversation. 
for sure. And probably a higher chance that Microsoft could have got it. But I just thought this was interesting. It's more of an Xbox story, but just more very fascinating behind the scenes stuff on how Sony, you know, acquired the rights to make Spider-Man games. And I'm sure too, a piece of it is probably Sony having the rights to Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Potentially as well. They already had that relationship. So yeah. Yeah. All righty. Last couple of stories we have here are a couple of release dates. Um, this awful-looking Lord of the Rings Gollum game. <laughs> they did my boy Gollum dirty. Um, and that's f- it's just fucked up. Uh, let's see. September, September 1st. Yeah, September 1st. It's, yeah. Uh, it's sad. Yeah, some stuff's come out about this game. Some previews even saying that <laughs> the game isn't really good. It just doesn't look good. This game's not going to be great. Um, so... And then yeah. we also have a release date for Call of Duty. That is um, October 28th. Um, so we know when Call of Duty comes out this year, which at this point last year we didn't know. Yeah. Important. It's Modern Warfare 2, the Roman numerals, not the two like usual. <laughs> They've got to do I something. I cannot believe we're, we have a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 of them, and now we're about to have two Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2s. <laughs> <laughs> In an it's inevitably, just we will have another Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> um, yeah, really weird, though. I think that we're getting a release date, and we have really seen nothing of this. Like, they haven't even put out a trailer for it yet. So, which, it doesn't matter in the long run. But, uh, yeah, October. It's probably definitely going to be the biggest game of the year. Uh, yeah. For sure, there's just not a lot of competition there, um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to Modern Warfare 2. I I really enjoyed that first game. I think it's exciting too. To you know, it hasn't been official yet, but all those rumors of uh, next year's Call of Duty not happening and being delayed and pushed, so there might not even be a Call of Duty next year. And they support this game for another year. That's kind of exciting to me because you you know that you can invest yourself in it. Yeah. And not have to just move on to the next one. Yeah. You know, in 12 months, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm awaiting news for the next Warzone. Because uh, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's what, I, I, what I want, really. I yeah. Want, I want a new Warzone. Yeah, me too. I want them to spin it off, yeah. you know, to. <laughs> not right be now attached I, to yeah. another game client. Exactly, exactly. That's the news. That is the news, man. It's uh, time to, you know, relax. Um, go do other things. Maybe catch that Coach Coke 600. That started, right? Uh, I think it starts late, a little bit later. A little bit later. I'm going to watch some wrestling yep. this evening. Got some Game 7s, or a Game 7 Got in it. the NBA. Yeah. There's lots yeah. of good stuff going on. It's a good day to, you know, sit on a couch. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I hope you all are enjoying your seat on the couch or bus or at work, not working because, you know, uh, who does that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, we'll catch you all next time. Um, until, oh wait, I got a couple things, you know, you gotta send us, you gotta send us messages, messages via email. 
the electronic mail at playstationreportpodcast at gmail.com. Send us tweets at psreportpodcast. Give us ratings, reviews, and share us with your friends. You can find me at the Arctic Wall. You can find Tyler on his YouTube channel. I plugged on vids. Until next time. Drink that milk, baby.